There's often a turning point in the lives of the great that separate them throughout history. For King Thrond, it was lighting the king's forge, a testament to his merit. For Rindala, it was discovering lofting magic, but for Oswald, Nella Sky, Waka, and Perrin, their turning point was in the town of Maidom. Here, they signed a contract for free food and a quest for merit, they stopped thugs from harassing the shortbread inn, saving Rala, and they found a peculiar shop whose proprietor seemed baffled at their appearance. With a bit of begging, the shopkeeper Sylvester succeeded in persuading the party to leave, just for a moment before returning. But as they opened the door, his strange stock vanished with him, replaced by a little girl in red rain boots and a yellow tunic. She stood tall and proud, calling out to you, Welcome to Sylvester's Bazaar Adventuring Gear! She hops down, and as she hits the ground, her little boots go, and you hear these little quacks as she's walking towards you and says, I've never seen you all before. It's a pleasure to meet you. My name is Twitch. And she sort of does a little curtsy and then does a full bow. Well, where'd the other guy go? Well, Sylvie's a little bit busy, so I'm going to be helping you out. But all the interesting things, I, I've never seen anything like that before. Well, I'm sure that you'll find that we have just as many interesting things that you've never seen before. Have you seen something like this? And she goes and sort of rummages through a few items and holds up a very normal looking spear. That looks almost exactly like this. I pull out my also very normal looking, because it is completely normal spear. Oh, well, that's strange. Did you get it here? And she sort of looks at hers and then looks up at yours and is like, oh, anyway. And sort of she, she puts it back in and you notice as she puts it back into this box, it shrinks down to the size of like it would fit in your hand. And she goes, um, okay, I'm sure that we have some other things here that you might find interesting. I'm sorry that we had to readjust the stock. It's just, um, those are for my other friends, not for you. Oh, speaking of friends, I don't know any of your names. Like I said, my name's Twitch. Could you introduce yourself to me, please? I'm Awakamuutipua, and these are my chums. Yes. Nice to meet you, chums. I am chum number one. Um, my name is Neleskai. It is a pleasure. I don't know about Chum, but my name's Perrin. I'm Oswald, and I'm just showing these gentlemen around. I won't be here much longer. Oh, are you... And she she sort of, like, clicks her tongue and says, So you're the tour guide? I didn't think that... Oh, 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 of the town. Oh, not of the store. Okay, I'll show you around the store. Um, Did, did Sylvie say that he was going to do anything for you? Are you looking for anything specific? We were promised some free items, um, if you can believe that, because we left the store briefly and returned, which seems to me like a good deal for us, but who can say what lies in someone's mind? Oh, in, in someone's mind. And she looks over at um, Perrin and says, do you, do you feel any different? Do I? <laughs> well, earlier you had cast a spell. I believe that you use detect magic. And as you sort of feel within yourself, you feel like 
rejuvenated. In fact, Nella Sky, you also feel as if both of your spell slots, like both of you, completely refilled, and you just feel as if, almost as if recharged in a way. I do feel better. Real quick, uh, when 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 I was in here earlier too, I noticed, or you you said that Nella Sky was feeling a sense of disconnection and, and just feeling quite bad. Is that feeling also gone? Oh, yeah, that feeling is completely gone. In fact, you feel very at home. The store has these high lofted ceilings, so even uh, Waka can feel comfortable walking around. The aisles are very large, and they're not like traditional store aisles. It almost seems like it's very well thought out. It's very a lot of space, so a lot of people can be in a lot of different places at once. She looks over at Nella Sky and says, have you ever had a dream that you thought was real? That you thought was just just so lifelike? That when you went to check your progress, the things that you did in your dream to see if the scars you gained were still there? But, but they weren't? She sort of like stumbles over her words and she goes, Hmm, this isn't... And she sort of like pulls out a little, a little book and says, Oh, sorry. Have you ever had a dream that you thought was real? It just seemed so lifelike, but when you went to check on your progress to see if the scars you gained were truly there, you found nothing? And she puts the book back in her pocket. Yes, I I suppose I have felt that way uh, one or two times in my life. Oh. Why do you ask? Um, well, I've been told that coming into this shop is very similar to that. Um, Sylvie doesn't tell me much, but he does still speak. And these are the things that I have learned. And she pulls the book out of her pocket and sort of taps it with her fingers before putting it back. Um, something that you all notice, it's very apparent, is that she is quite young. And she's significantly shorter than all of you, um, even Perrin. She wow. is just a little little child. She has this blonde hair that's sort of white on the ends almost as if she had colored her hair and then the blonde had grown back out she has these very very dull looking gray eyes almost as if you were looking at almost like a doll and she's like i said incredibly short but every step that she takes you hear the little can i like kneel down near her and then like kind of end up just like laying down on the ground because I'm still too tall and then just like look real closely at her shoes and poke them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she looks down at you and says, what you doing? I haven't seen anything like these before. D do you like them? I, well, Sylvie made them, but I made them better. And then she sort of like stomps and you just hear quack, 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 quack. I love them. I, 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 mine are, hmm, and she looks at you and says, I don't think this will fit you, but I can try to make you some sometime. That would be very kind. Wonderful. Um, Sylvie might charge you, but if he's not here, I won't. And she says, why don't you go and look around? I decide to do so and see if I can make more spears shrink or, uh, see, just, if everything is how it seems you know is as mundane as it seems or um 
you know, if I can find something to pique my interest a little bit. Yeah, I start looking around as well. Then let me paint you this scene. It is this warm feeling. It feels almost as if you've walked into a friend's home. Rows of books tower high. The shelves seem to be holding up the vaulted ceilings with even more books neatly piled on crossbeams. There are these tufts of fabric that are poking out between the pages. And as you glance over to the corner, this dark corner that doesn't seem damp or anything, but still, still seems very just like secluded, you can see a mechanical rhino beetle on one of the shelves. It seems to be carrying small gears to a pile in front of an empty space on the shelf. Like, there are just books piled everywhere, but there's just this one slot where it seems someone has taken a book out. As you get closer, you can see that there are even more little creatures that are hiding in the darkness. There are mechanical spiders, there are these tiny little birds, and even metallic-looking lizards that climb up the bookshelves. With great speed, a collection of these small birds peck away at the gears. They shred them before the rhino pushes the shards towards the spiders. And like soldiers in an army, the spiders work at once, just spindling away at the empty space. And within moments, the space fills with an orange book cover, golden lettering revealing the title, The Artificer's Expansion. At this, Twitch just claps with glee, runs over, and hops on a stool. And even on the stool, she still has to stand on her tiptoes to grab it, and she pulls it out, and you see it's not just a cover, it's a full book. And she flips through it quickly, her eyes moving at an incredible pace. She flips and flips and flips, and then she smiles as she absorbs this information and says, Wonderful! Okay, um, this one is for, and sort of looks at all of you, and holds it out to Oswald. This one's for you! I think first Oswald just kind of like points at himself and looks uncomfortably side to side. Yeah, you. Uh, Oswald, right? Okay, uh, thank you. Um, he takes it kind of really like gingerly and holds it kind of like a, like he doesn't really want to touch it like this. <laughs> and just kind of like looks at it suspiciously. As your fingers sort of rub against it, it almost feels as if a lot of the, the books that you would be used to in Maidum is they are all made with this tanned leather but this book is made of a material that is completely different it almost feels as if like you're rubbing your fingers against the edge of a blade that has been just layered with lines and lines and lines so it's sort of like it appears to be a smooth book but as your thumb goes up and down the cover you can feel these tiny little ridges do you open it up as you start flipping through the pages you're surprised to see that each one of them is blank and you continue to flip and continue to flip and continue to flip and over and over every single one is blank why don't you roll a investigation check for me i just rolled a nat 20 <laughs> and with a nat 20 as you peer at these pages you actually notice they're they're not empty there are these sort of tiny little reflections on the paper and as you're turning the page you can see movement and you see the form of this little rhino beetle and as you're flipping through the pages it's changing position to run across the page it's almost as if it's a a very massive uh watermarked um flip book so you're going and it's starting on one side and by the end of the book it is walked to the other side other than that the book is empty. 
Is the girl still there? Yeah. Might I ask, what is this? It, it's a book. It's, it's your book, to be precise. Um, it's a book that we made for you. So I'm sure that that's going to be great. I'm, did, you, did you not read it? I'm looking at it right now, but I'm kind of unsure of what I'm looking at here. And she sort of peers over your shoulder and points at a part of the page and says, You can't read that? It's just empty. No, that's why I'm asking you. Oh. Well... And she sort of clicks her tongue and says, It looks like you're not ready for it, but you can still keep the book. And she sort of hums and walks away. Oswald just looks kind of dumbfounded and closes it and walks away. (laughs) So the rest of the store is just as lively. There are these ships and bottles that it's almost like these ships are finding their way through a makeshift sea. They're not stagnant. They're constantly moving as if they're being bombarded by waves. And Twitch actually walks past as she's walking back to the counter. She waves at one of the ships and as you walk by, you actually see there's a tiny little man sort of <laughs> controlling the ship. He takes off his hat and waves up at the girl before getting splashed with just an absolute mountain of water and laughs and put his hat, puts his hat back on before steering the boat into these waves that you can't seem to see. And the store is filled with just all sorts of magical items. And standard ones as well. You see normal spears and spears that you can only assume would do fantastic little things. You see armor, you see rings, you see all sorts of manner of things. But despite all of these magical items, the store is quite clean. And despite the vaulted ceilings, it feels very homey. With a fire crackling and the brown stone fireplace and a basket full of yarn with an unfinished project leaned up against a pile of tan-colored wood with green rings in the middle. After allowing you a little bit of space, Twitch once again approaches and just says, you finding everything okay? Does she approach any one of us specifically? Just the four of you. I should still have detect magic going on. So, and I know before you said it was like a blinding sense. Is it, is it, do I just detect anything now? Most of the things here are magic, but you're not feeling overwhelmed. This feels so much more familiar. Like whenever you cast detect magic and you sense the magic of the just normal magic, this is how it feels like. So things are like outlined in these beautiful colors, but it doesn't feel overwhelming. But you almost, why don't you roll an arcana check for me? Okay. Oh no, I got a five. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't know why you're not sure what's causing it but every once in a while things like certain groups of items glow a little bit of a little bit brighter you're not sure what the correlation is but you do see just every once in a while like it's something in the corner will or up towards the counter like they're just pulsing a little bit more right and it doesn't have to do with me like getting closer to them it's just kind of like a sense uh, certainly not with you getting closer to them. Uh, if you want to roll an investigation check with the knowledge that you have, okay. you need a little bit higher than a five. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's a 17. Okay. You see that the closer that this little girl gets to these items, the brighter they glow. 
Uh, I want to go up to her and uh, pull out the coin that I had taken and tell her, um, I told Sylvester I would give this back when he answered my questions. And I don't want to be made a liar. So maybe you can answer my questions for me. I'll try my best. I'm looking for my sister. Her name is Violet. Has any halfling come by here? Hmm. She sort of like taps her chin and then gets this mischievous grin on her face before shaking her head and saying, hmm. You know, I think that you actually are the only person that I've seen that's... I'm assuming you're a halfling too, right? (laughs) I look at her with a little shocked expression. Yeah, I'm a halfling. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've I've never seen anyone like you before, Um, which I I hope isn't rude. But no, you're the first person I've seen like that. Um, and I, I don't think that, I think that you're our first customers here. First customers. Mm -hmm. You haven't seen anyone else. There's been no, no other people have come through that door. Well, a lot of people have come through that door, but not here. Excuse me, um, small child. Thank you for your hospitality. Um, you said, and, and, um, the other fellow said that this store was set up for somebody else, but now you say that you have not met anyone else here. Who was the store set up for, if not for us or for anyone who happened to come across your big building? And she sort of laughs and points at the coin and says, well, this one was for, and she like sees if she holds out her hand as if to ask, ask to, to see it. Does she want to take it from my hand, or she just wants to... She wants to hold it. All right, I, I'll give it to her. She goes, and she holds it up to the light, and then she traces her fingers and says, this one was for Core," and then hands it back to um, hands it back to him. But you wouldn't know him. In fact, I don't really know him either, but Sylvie does. Um... Yeah, that store wasn't for you guys. This is a lot more relevant, I suppose. Is Cor somebody that Oswald would know from the city, or is he like... No. Yeah, you've never heard that name before. Or Oswald Passon, I suppose. Sylvester said he'd be back in 30 seconds. It's been longer than 30 seconds. Oh. This store was back in 30 seconds? Um, he needed something from the back. As much as I hate uh, confrontation, I do believe Perrin was correct. Sylvester did say he would be back in 30 seconds. I think I have some questions for him as well. Um, you, you don't think that I could answer them? And she sort of looks back towards the counter and looks back at you. Sort of nervously looks at the counter. No offense, my small friend, but you seem a little, what's the word, young? I, I believe that is the word, Yes. <laughs> He sort of nods and says, um, Nella Sky. Yes. So you and Awakamatsipawa, 
Um, how about I'm just gonna call you. I'll figure it out. Um, so Oswald has something for free, and Perrin ha sort of has something for free. Um, what if what about you got I stay here, and then I give you two something for free, or 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 better yet, and she sort of um she starts to walk towards the fireplace and then stops and looks back at you all and says, do you, can I, can I test you? Test us? I don't like being tested. All of us. Yeah. I, I need to, I need to see if you're good. What kind of a test? Um, and she holds out her hands both like very expectingly as, as if she was expecting you to put candy in her hands or something and says, I just need to hold your hands. Uh, I put my hand into her hand. Great. Uh, Nelsky, why don't you roll a wisdom saving throw? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh, 18 plus 4, 22. Great. So throughout the experience, you can sense exactly what's happening. The moment that you sort of like allow yourself, the, the moment you put your hands in hers, you feel this overwhelming warm feeling as her very dull eyes sort of glow for a moment and then she shakes her head and says you were calling me young you don't know anything <laughs> and then she sort of laughs and turns says anyone else i reach out and put like one finger into her hand yeah <laughs> she she grabs it and roll a wisdom saving throw uh, that's a nine plus two eleven. Okay, so you don't necessarily you still feel that you feel this warmth in you. You don't necessarily know exactly what's happening, but soon she gives a a content nod and says, "Thanks, bub," and turns and says, "Anyone else?" I hesitantly look at both of them and uh, say, sure. Why not? And I'll stick out my hand. And as she takes it, you don't need to roll a wisdom saving throw for me, because <laughs> I want you to roll a dexterity saving throw. Oh no. Oh, that is an eight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you are going to take <laughs> one point of damage um, as your she only has hold of one hand and in the other hand you have that red disc and in your hand it starts to glow and get extremely hot. So hot that you drop it and it, a tiny bit of the wax is sort of dries on your hand before it drops to the ground. And she says, Oh, sorry. And she picks it up and it hands it back to you and look. And, uh, it says it's not hot anymore. I, before taking it, <laughs> I say, what was that? I forgot that you had that. So it's not cores anymore. Now, now it is yours. And, as you look down on it, you see that the, the silhouette of the person that was there is now gone. Um, and instead, there's another silhouette. A smaller silhouette. Okay. I just take it by, like, two fingers to, like, 
feel how hot it is. Oh, it's not hot at all. Okay. It is no longer hot or soft. No longer soft. Okay. So I tested it out between my fingers to see how it feels. It feels like an extremely hardened wax. It, earlier, you could sort of like press it with your fingers and it would sort of restore its shape. But now it's like solidified. Almost as if you... It, it's it's like, it's all like a candle. Okay. All right. I flip it in the air and I grab it and I put it back in my pocket. And she turns to Oswald and says, Lastly... Uh, Oswald kind of holds his hands up like this and goes, oh, no, I don't do physical contact. Oh, perfect. And then she goes and as you have your hands up, uh, she goes and reaches her hands out. (laughs) Uh, Roll a wisdom saving throw. No. (laughs) Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, just kidding. I have 13 plus 3. Okay. 16. So you also feel this warmth and it's, it's a familiar feeling. It's sort of, you actually see a memory. Oswald sees a memory um, that happened a few years ago of sitting in his uncle's shop, his uncle bringing him a large bowl of soup, setting it down before he sighed and sat down next to him. And he turned towards Oswald and he starts to say something. And then you're sort of back in, in the moment. And she says, okay, so I can trust all of you. You all passed. This is wonderful. None of you are evil. I I think. I'm still learning. But I'm pretty sure all of you are good. Deep down. Um. So let me show you Sylvester's secret stock. And she rushes over to the fireplace. And she reaches her hand into the fire. And she pulls out a log. This log is completely on fire. It's smoking. It's smoldering. She sort of looks at it before placing it on top of the fireplace and then reaching down and sort of turning a latch and the fireplace moves backwards in a a shelf comes in place of it. And now you have access to Sylvester's secret stock. Um, I am going to send in the discord what that is. Yay. Good. Goodies. Nice. Uh, I, I think, um, now this guy is intrigued by the Bard's lowercase spellbook. Ooh, that's that's a really good choice. You know, I actually saw them make that. J- just like you saw um, them make Oswald's book, I, I saw them make that. It-, it wasn't them, and she points over towards the corner, but I-, I saw the people who did. It was really cool. Did you know that there are people that can sing and things will just be created that is quite amazing isn't it um may i ask and i am looking kind of contemplatively at her how old are you twitch hmm and she sort of counts on her fingers says i'm seven well you seem very wise for one so young thank you you seem very tall for one so young i'm technically (laughs) older than you this is true, in a sense. Well, I'm thinking about whether I should see if anyone else in the party wants the book, but I don't think I... I think I, I now this guy is uh, um, excited enough about it to, to get it, and in fact would would hand over a silver uh, before anyone else could, could, t- could contemplate buying it. So um, I will hand over one silver to 
uh, Twitch for this book. Awesome. And let me just explain uh, to, uh, what this book does. It uh, Essentially, when you have this book, there are three pages in the book, and you have access to all Bard cantrips. Um, however, you only have three casts. So every time you cast a cantrip, one of the pages will burn. And uh, as you open it up, you see that there is a essentially a blank page. There's an extra page. So there's technically four. But on this page, in very grand calligraphy, it says property of. And as she takes the silver piece and hands you the book, you see it writing in property of Nelisky. Okay. Um, Is there anything else that anyone else would like? These are awesome. Hotsy totsy goods. Uh, oh, Hotsy totsy. What? I'm just still staring at it and like trying to wrap my head around just how weird and cool the surface is. I'm sorry, Perrin. What were you saying? I don't sing, and I look away from you, the items. Well, you don't have to sing. Oh, oh, yeah. You would have to sing for most of these. Okay, I'll remember that for next time. And she sort of, she pulls out her book and she writes something down and then she puts it back in. And, um, Oswald, do you want anything? To be honest, I don't think I know enough about all this stuff to purchase any of it, but thank you anyways. Oh, well, the, the best way to learn is to be submerged in something. Well, I don't quite like being submerged into new things. <laughs> <laughs> submerged <laughs> submerged uh, that's a good pun <laughs> I, I thought you'd like it Um, so here I have an idea if you don't want anything Oswald and you don't want anything Perrin why don't you look through the rest of the store and see if you see anything cool Um, please don't go behind the counter and she looks back to um, uh, Waka and says anything else before I close up shop I'll take the lot I'm, I'm sorry? I'll take the lot. Uh, you want everything? Yep. And she sort of like, she blinks and says, oh, oh, okay, g great. Oh, and she looks back towards the, uh, the counter and says, um, that, that's fine. And she goes and she grabs the, the disc. She grabs the music box, the matchbook spell, and the red string ring, which would bring your total up to one silver piece and 45 copper. I hand over my two silver pieces. And she says, oh, let, let me go grab your change. And she lets you take your things, except for she reaches back and grabs the matchbook spell and says, one second. She walks to the back and gives you your change. And then she opens up the matchbook spell book and you see there are two matches okay two matches left do you want the blue one or the green one green good choice and she lights the match and sticks it under your nose and for a moment your eyes just sort of roll back and your brain is sort of bombarded with this noise and at first you think it's this chaotic noise but then you hear it's actually a lot of people singing and you sort of come to and it, it almost feels as if you've been 
in a different world for years and years, but only for about 10 seconds. And then you come back and she's looking up at you, smiling. <laughs> Welcome to the surface, big guy. And then she's, uh, the, <laughs> she reaches down and sort of cranks the, the knob again and reaches up at the still smoldering log and puts it back into the fireplace before dusting off some of the ashes and saying, is there anything else I can do for you all? Is Sylvester not coming back out? Um, Sylvester is preoccupied. And she looks back at the, the, um, this, there's this door. It's this door that's covered by a curtain, um, behind the counter. And she, that's where she keeps looking at. He said he would answer my questions. Well, I can answer your questions. What are your questions? I told you I'm looking for my sister. Okay. And I told you that I unfortunately have not seen her. And I don't think he has either. So you speak for Sylvester? Um, someone has to, but not usually. Maybe you can run back and ask him yourself. And she looks back in the back room and says, I'm not sure if that's the best idea. You don't go back there? I'm not allowed back there. Hmm. <sighs> okay. Um, what would he do? So you wouldn't mind if I knock on the door? Um, people aren't allowed behind the counter. And there's no door, just the curtain. Mm. So just a peek then. Uh, and she sort of looks back and says, people aren't allowed past the counter. Yeah, but you said there's never been a halfling before. So how do you know if halflings are allowed or not? Well, are you saying that you're not a person? We're a different kind of people. I would argue that I'm a different type of people as well. <laughs> Great. Let's go together. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I can let you do that. And she sort of stands at the um, the entrance like to go behind the counter. All right. What if I left him a message then? That would be fine. And she pulls out her book and says, what would you like to write? Tell him that Perrin's still waiting for his answers okay and he knows what questions that i have okay um parent how do you spell that p-e-r-r-i-n okay parent has questions she rips it out and sets it down on the countertop and says great now he'll be able to read it great fantastic um and she has sort of let her guard down she's not as stiff she's not as stressed out now that it seems like you're not going to go behind the counter and um she's like is there is there anything else i can do for all of you i don't know about these guys but i'm quite ready to get out of here um is there uh anything like when i was doing the detect magic was there anything like especially shiny looking that maybe i'd go up to and inspect everything around her like the the, sh oh, the shiniest okay. items are just the things that are around her oh okay okay mm -hmm. but surprisingly you don't see any outline around her mm, very interesting okay um oh 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 actually is the spell still going on it says 10 minutes so i'm assuming yes it yes would okay still go on. um that 
roll an arcana check for me just real quick i got a seven (laughs) that same negative that same overwhelming feeling when you were first casting the spell Mm -hmm. every once in a while flares back up behind the counter and you're not sure where behind the counter but it it's flaring Mm, okay and it's something like i i I wouldn't like like i wouldn't want to go it's the same feeling of like being blinded that's and as nella sky felt uh and i think that you're feeling a little bit of too this sort of overwhelming sense of dread that sort of just comes and spurts yeah yeah so i wouldn't i wouldn't want to pursue that (laughs) um yeah so i probably would just uh back away even though i Part of me doesn't like that I'm afraid, but I still wouldn't. I wouldn't pursue it. So yeah, I guess I I would uh, slowly make my way out uh, if there's nothing else that's like catching my eye. Okay, and she waves you out, and is everyone else following? Yep. Fantastic. So you all walk out of the store, and as the door closes. It's sort of silent out. It's sort of peaceful. You can hear these birds chirping. You can feel the sun on your face. And then you hear a... And now the world is yours to explore. Can I turn around? Yeah. As you turn around, you see that the open sign is now closed. And the (laughs) angry face on the cat on one side is a frowny faced cat and the happy face of the little girl is still there but sort of with a hand on top of the sad cat's face or head well that was an enlightening shopping experience for me personally are Uh, all surface stores like that i can't say that they are you should make your store like that (laughs) right uh awakamotapua you seem to know much more about this uh, quest for merit than the rest of us. Um, perhaps you can uh, lead us in, in figuring out what is next in our adventure. Um, I seem to remember there being some, uh, some word about woodsmen and woodswomen being missing or something. Do you know what our quest is? I heard a little bit about it on my way. Well, before I came here, which is why I came here. And I give him a, a brief rundown and uh, bring him up to speed on uh, what information I had. Wonderful. Um, so, yeah, you all are caught up. Just as a little refresher, um, these woodswomen and woodsmen are stuck in the forest. Every time that people try to go into the forest, they are cast out. Um there are whispers, something that Waco has heard but doesn't know what they are. There are whispers that somewhere there's a map of the forest that marks a few hidden entrances, but all Waka has heard is whispers. And just to be clear, Oswald, does, does Oswald know that the contract he signed was connecting him to this party to go on this adventure? Because I'm not entirely sure that he read it last time. No, yeah, Oswald did not read that contract. Okay. All right. I will I will act based on that knowledge. 
so right now you sort of have a choice of what you'd like to do you know for a fact that there is if you follow the grooves in the ground you can get straight to the forest you know that for a fact you can try to enter the way that the uh the woodcutters do but you may you may face the same fate that everyone else does coming back out you can search for a map you could do whatever you'd like you can continue to pursue the uh, village to try to see if you can find that dwarf. Anything, as I believe that's why you originally you went yeah. to that store. Yeah, uh, and I still don't have any answers. So um, I'm thinking maybe this dwarf might have uh, might have gone on this quest you're speaking about. Could be. Seems like everyone in these parts are uh, trying to get in on it. Not everyone. And with this, I shall leave you guys. Um, it was wonderful to meet you all and to show you around the town as long as that took. I, but it's time for me to get back to my store now. Uh, have a nice day. And Oswald starts to walk away down the road. It was nice to meet you. Um, but, Waka, do you know what this contract is that we all signed? Um, I'm not sure how magical it is or why it is so magical or or why there's free food involved um perhaps you could enlighten us i know they were saying earlier that uh once you sign you can't back out till the job's done uh i now this guy looks kind of questioningly towards um oswald i'm sorry you said the job's done what exactly did i sign you signed the job form to help us uh, get these people back out of the woods. That that can't be right. Could, could, could I see that, please? It's very clear that Oswald is super uncomfortable right now and <laughs> is starting to stress out. I think I have the papers, if I remember correctly. So I, I take it out of my pocket and I say, well, you get free food. And I give it to her. Uh, I have my own free food at home. I, I can't leave the store this long. I, what am I supposed to do? Who's going to watch my my shop? Wh- what will my uncle say? I, Oh, bother. I don't have the, the strength to go on an adventure like this. Don't worry, chum. I'm strong enough for the both of us. I just kind of like flex my arms a little bit. And your girlfriend was watching the store for you for the afternoon. It's probably good for you to get some fresh air. And uh, why don't we see if we can't find that dwarf buddy uh head on back to the uh inn and see if we can't track down where he might have run off to oswald just turns very red and slowly hands the contract back to perrin well if that's all cleared up that sounds like a plan to me and i put it back in my pocket you all walk towards the center of the village and you're sort of passing there are a lot of people running um running back and forth not necessarily away from something it would seem there's a bit of a hustle and bustle in the middle of town it would seem that a lot more people are arriving a large caravan of people climbing in on horseback there are these carts drawn with children in them there are these people just of great beauty there are these people of great strength all these different sorts of people are arriving to the village and you get the sense that this is going to be a bit more packed from now on 
as you're sort of weaving your way through the crowd, I want... Why don't you tell me what order you guys are weaving through the crowd? Because it, it, this isn't something that you can all, like, sort of be in a clump together. You'd be having to sw sneak through in a, a straight line. I'd assume, without, despite whatever order, you know, we might have all started walking towards it in, kind of as we start getting more and more crowded in, um, Waka would probably end up at the front to kind of plow the way, because... Everyone else can fit in the wake behind him, uh, you know, as he's moving through just because he's the biggest and, you know, not that he's like bowling through people or anything, because uh, that's what a bull shark would do, obviously. Uh, but still, you know, he takes up the most room. And so uh, just for comfort's sake, I would assume that they're following in his footsteps. Just slipstreaming behind you. I should say, no, for a fact, Oswald would be in the very back, nervously wringing his hands, looking around as for some sort of escape from the situation he has found himself in. Yeah, and I, I don't really trust these people, like the, the newer people, so I'm definitely on the lookout somewhere uh, in the middle, because I, I would de definitely want someone I trust behind me, uh, but trying to be on the lookout to see if there's any anyone coming Frank, too Frank, close. Yeah. You're saying you don't trust the the, the crowd or yeah, the, the the rest of the party? The crowd. Okay, um, I think that Nellis guy is uh, he's there's some internal um, anxiety about new people, uh, not new people as new people, but more people um, and thus sort of competition. Um, and so I think he's he's starting to get kind of a little anxious or nervous about wanting to get started, um, and you know solving the quest before others can. If I do see a dwarf in the crowd, you know I'm going for that person. <laughs> and, in fact, why don't you roll... You, uh, Perrin, you actually are going to have advantage in this. Why don't you and Waka roll um, perception? Yeah, I can't see past Waka. I was Waka, looking so. down. <laughs> oh, that 20. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. Then, you know what? We'll just go right into this. Perhaps it's the fact that you're head and shoulders above everyone, or perhaps it's just because you've got that killer instinct eye that you don't usually utilize. But you actually see, looking out in the distance, you see that dwarf. And the dwarf is actually stepping out of the shortbread inn, holding that bag in tote. That bag filled with shattered pieces of glass. And you see him sort of look around and... He does not see you. Despite you being a head and shoulders above everyone else, he just sort of and casually grabs his bag and walks off towards the left. I'm sorry, towards the right. I see him. He, he's up there. He's getting the stuff from the inn again. How close are we? You're about 30 feet away. Now he's turned the corner. I start uh, accelerating and, and now maybe pushing my way a little bit more through the crowd. Um... Uh, to, to try and catch up with him and make sure I don't lose sight of him again. Okay, so you guys have closed some feet. You're now 20 feet away. And he notices you. He looks over his shoulder and he, you can just hear him cursing as he starts to sprint. He is, as he's a little bit shorter, he's just sort of ducking through people, going straight ahead. How far away is he? Now he is uh, 30 feet away again. All right, I want to... Uh, try to 
cast Entangle to see if I can trip him up. Okay. Do I need to roll a saving throw for that? Uh, let's see. It says a creature in the area when you cast a spell must succeed on a strength saving throw. Strength saving throw. Okay. Uh, do you have the DC for that? Is that... My DC is... Would be... Uh, 15. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> you know, for sure. Uh, that's really good. So you see... Uh, no, tell me what the spell looks like. Like, when you cast this, what, what happens? Uh, so I'm imagining these just, like, these roots come up, and they just try to grab his his feet and just try to restrain him from his feet. And he just face plants. Yeah, there aren't many trees here. But that makes this so much more devastating, as these bricks that have been laid down into the ground start popping out in front of him. And it's not the roots that gets him to trip, but the bricks. And as he falls, boom, his face hits the ground, and his ankles are wrapped around in these roots, and the crowd sort of parts, and is oh, oh, they're all kind of freaking out. Now there's a circle around him, and they easily move out of the way as you all approach him. He looks up at you and says, Oh, dang it. Are you are you kidding me? You guys really? You, you want me that bad? I didn't I didn't do anything. I didn't hurt you guys. Really? We got some questions for you, chum. Yeah, questions for me. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, you can you can eat my boot. That doesn't sound very pleasant. <laughs> A little bit of salt it'll be perfect. Come on. Like Untangle me. What's in your bag, fellow? In my bag? Yes, your bag. Just a few knickknacks. Nothing important. Uh, He's clutching it close to his chest. Wait, is this... Is this the uh, guy that attacked Rolla, and does Oswald know that? Oswald will not know that, unless uh, unless Oswald has been filled in. Have you filled in Oswald to all that? On the way back, maybe? I'm going to assume that if he, like, spent all that time fixing up Rala and with him initially, that he probably would know what happened. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, so, yeah, you would know this as the first Yeah, time. because otherwise I think he would have freaked out at the um, sight of us attacking a random civilian. <laughs> okay, great. Get him! I'm like, whoa, whoa. But, yeah, I think he's aware of what's going on and maybe doesn't like it, but is agreeing. Yeah, yeah, uh, so, if you answer my questions, I'll let you go. So, you're saying you're just gonna arrest me? Under what authority? Are you gonna kill me in front of all these people? Hey, 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 listen here, do you hear this? And it starts to, like, call out to them, to the people surrounding. Look at me! Do you remember what I did to your friend? Um... And I'm uh, trying to intimidate you. I want, yeah, roll for that. All right. Oh, okay. That's a total of seven. Okay. (laughs) He sort of looks at you and for a second, it looks like he looks not scared, but surprised before his, his face turns into a scowl. And he looks at you and says, you know what, Bicebore, I've got, I've got a question for you. You ever kill something? Perhaps. I look kind of like back and forth a little nervously. 
you know what? In fact, all of you, have any of you ever looked into another conscious being's eyes and taken their life? I lean down real close and I'm just like, one, you think I haven't? And two, we're asking you the questions. He sort of, as you get close, he just spits right in your face and says, do you understand what you did by Spore? It's no wonder you did what you did. I, I doubt that you understand what life truly is. After all, you get to just gallivant, go back to the host and restore yourself. You don't understand what it means to take life, and you almost did. Alba reacted really poorly to that spell. In fact, I... She would be dead. If it weren't for <laughs> a friend. And she he looks over at Perrin and just gets this big grin on his face. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> I, like, want to hurt him more. <laughs> but I don't want him to, like, get knocked unconscious. <laughs> uh, so before I hurt him or do anything like that, uh, I was just going to ask him once. I have one question for you. Have you seen another halfling that looks like me? Answer that question honestly, and I'll let you go. And he looks up at you with his smooth face and his, his hawk-like nose and this just this grin with his surprisingly clean but crooked teeth. Gets this massive grin and says, You look just like your sister. <laughs> where is she home in fact i'm sure that if you went right back to uh little my nice town then uh you'd be uh you'd be reuniting with her i doubt it she wouldn't be back she left for a reason she probably returned for a reason too when was the last time you saw her? You know what? I'd say it was a, I'd say it was about two days ago. The last time we fed her. She can feed herself. <laughs> yeah, usually. All right, I I I need to hit this guy. I need to hit this guy. <laughs> Hold on. I was gonna say, would anybody? <laughs> would anyone be mad if I hit him with my yeah. quarter stuff? If you don't, I will. <laughs> Oswald's not the type to attack, but he also doesn't like it whenever his new friends are insulted. So I think I'm going to whack him in the face with my quarterstaff. I think first, I think Perrin's going to get a shot because he's, he's a bit closer. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do I have? I have a... Let's do an un unarmed strike because I'm not trying to... Okay. I'm not trying to hurt this Fist guy. is much more satisfying anyway. I don't know. A quarterstaff. That's pretty satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, roll roll to attack. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'll give you advantage since he's grappled. Isn't he also prone? Yeah, yes. he's restrained. <laughs> Are you serious? Okay, that's a seven. <laughs> <laughs> you, with advantage? Oh yeah, with advantage. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Good call. Good call. Okay. Eighteen. Yep. Okay. So you roll a 1d4 for me. Okay. 
That's a three. Where do you hit him? Uh, I I just want to swipe that mouth of his. He's been talking way too much. <laughs> you punch him or you slap him? Um, I'll probably punch him in the face, yeah. Punch him in the mouth. Uh, as you pu- as you punch him, he goes, and he actually spits out one of his teeth. You hit him so hard, and he looks up at you and says, you bastard. Are you kidding me? This is the way that you're going to treat me? Are you? I think before he can say, oh, sorry, go no, ahead. He's, he's just rambling on. I was going to say, before he can say anything else, I'll like, you know, whenever um, you bop somebody in the head with like the end of a stick? Yeah. I want to do that with my quarter staff. Great. Go for it. Roll for a, roll a, a, a roll a strike. A stri- is that, which one is that? That's a d20, and I believe that you have okay, okay. A, a bonus for quarter staff as well. Go off. Okay. Um, I rolled fourteen, but I don't know what to add to it. That will hit regardless. Um, I believe that you had three for you. Okay. Yeah, my quarter staff bonus, my attack bonus is plus one. We'll have to look at that. Okay. Uh, you yeah, roll for damage. I believe it's one d six, one d eight. It is one d. It's either. I don't know if it really matters. It's two handed is one d eight, one handed one d six. Oh, I'll just do the one handed then. Oh, I got a six. <laughs> As you slam down this pole, he just stops talking. And he just no. falls backwards and he goes, Ugh. and he's, he's still conscious, but he's just groaning. He's like, do you do this to every, Ugh. oh my, and he just sort of interrupts himself because his hands are still free. And he momentarily lets go of his bag to put his hands on his head to see he's like, oh, my, I grabbed the bag. Uh, roll a sleight of hand. No, actually, dex- dexterity. Uh, just like a saving throw or just plain, plain dexterity? De- dexterity. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you beat nice. him. <laughs> yeah. He, he goes Yoink. and try to grab it back <laughs> and he looks up at you and says, let's not be hasty. Come on, give that back. Give this back to you after you stole it from the inn? It's my bag. What are you doing? I didn't steal anything from the inn. I was cl- I was picking up pieces. I will of glass. give you the bag back after I look inside and take what's inside out of it. You can keep your precious bag. I <laughs> um, and I reach into the bag and do you you reach pull. into the bag or do, or do you like do you look what's inside? Uh, I mean, I would look what's inside. Okay, great. I wouldn't just like <laughs> blindly reach into a bag of glass. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> you as you open it up, you see. Uh, roll an investigation check for me. But as you open it up, you can see on the very top there are shards of multicolored glass. And looking in and seeing the sunlight hit it, it looks beautiful. It's almost as if someone has very carefully taken pieces of different glass and just put it in this bag. And you're surprised on how neat that it looks stacked in there. And then what was that roll? Um, I presume that I just like forget to look inside the bag because I got a three. <laughs> I don't think that this is something that Nella Sky has experienced before. Obviously, Nella Sky has seen rainbows, but to see sort of a man-made image of shimmering light may be a new experience for them. So maybe it's not that you forgot to check, but 
they're just so enamored by this glow that's sort of reflecting back on your face. This is beautiful. He says, exactly. I'm going to use it to capture something beautiful. Now, if you kindly give it back. Uh, who are you? My name is Herning. More like Herning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you're correct. You, you have done a bit of damage to me. So now I'm going to ask you to give me back my bag and unbind me so I may leave. Now, Herden, I, I am quite sorry I hit you so hard. I think I was overcome with a little bit of emotion from you hurting my friend Raul and also insulting my party here, but I think that we shouldn't give you back your bag, and maybe you should come apologize to the shopkeeper that you injured so badly the other day. No, I didn't do anything. And if memory serves me correct, that was today. So, why was that today? You, yeah, sorry. You're totally fine. It's it's been I'm a like week. It was last we week. <laughs> He's like, so he, you. Despite this situation, you all aren't in. How do I put this? You all can't negotiate with me. This is how it's going to go. You're going to give me back my bag. I'm going to leave, and then you. We'll see your sister again. We could have you negotiate with the town guards if you'd rather. The town guards? <laughs> Look around you. There is a crowd of people surrounding four ruffians attacking me, who unprompted attacked me, and the guards still aren't here. They're all busy with the caravan that just came, and I doubt that they will come anytime soon. Oswald. Would you would you fetch Dara from the inn? Uh, of course. And I guess Oswald will go run off and get Dara? Dara? Rala? Rala. Rala? Sorry. Oh Rala. Okay. Dara? No, Dara? you're totally fine. Dara? No. Rala. So. I'll go fetch, get fetch I'll go Rala. get Rala. Yeah. Okay. Um and Rala comes out with you. Um with uh, as you explain the situation, he very calmly reaches under his counter and pulls up a walking stick and starts walking with you, clicking his tongue and saying, So this is the one who messed with me. And he sort of, Hunrin looks up, Hernan looks up and sort of scowls before looking back at Perrin and says, Perrin, you seem to be very, uh seem to know a good deal, you know? You just seem like that type of guy. So give me back my bag. And the next time you see your sister, she'll be in one piece. I told you to tell me where she was, and I'd let you go. You haven't done that She's yet. in my nice. So I don't owe you anything. You don't have to believe me. I'm telling you the truth. She is in my nice. And in fact, I was just about to go there myself. I could show you if you'd like. And he looks over um, at Rala and sort of winks and says, and starts to sing. I heard of the songs that were sung to the strings, yet I care not of your suffering. Keep my voice in sirens wake, I leave you now I go by grace.
see his body starts to shimmer as there's this strange looking circle that encapsulates him on the ground. And how close are all of you to him? I'm pretty close. I mean, we're kind of crowded well, like, around him. Yeah. A few feet away. Okay, but yeah. none of you are, like, on top of him physically? No. Okay. And as this sort of circle forms around him, he starts to sink into the ground. He looks over at Perrin and... Uh, I'm sorry, Perrin, and says, Meet you in the forest, boys and buds. And, <laughs> and suddenly he just disappears. He can swim through the ground? Damn it. What? That was quite impressive. Rolla looks over and says, He... He knows lofting magic. And he looks over... He looks over at, um... At Perrin and says, You are from my nice... You are familiar with lofting magic, correct? I know of it, but I'm not that experienced. Lofting magic essentially uses intense emotions in... It, it works very well with this art of escapism. In fact, uh, what was his name? Ro- Rolanda? Ronalda? I, I, the name escapes me now, but the one who opened up the portal, he, he was the one who discovered lofting magic, who unsealed mine ice. And he starts clicking his tongue and says, the next time you encounter that dwarf, you may not let him sing. Or, I have heard of horror stories of, of people using lofting magic to teleport knives into people's brains and terrible things. So, the fact that he was all the way out here, and he starts to click his tongue, and he says, Nella Sky, may I see that bag? Of course. And he starts to rummage through, and he just goes and dumps everything onto the ground. First off, just loads of glass scatters everywhere you see glass in a similar skin tone to you Perrin as well as similar colors to your hair you see lots of purples you see reds and you also see a bit of paper folded up amidst the shards and he goes and says I believe this will serve all of you well and hands it up to Perrin you can see that this map has a map of the forest. It has three entrances circled. There's the entrance that you all know of. There's the one that the woodcutters and uh, enter through. There's one towards the east of the forest, which it seems as if th- is this covered in this massive brush. There's a tombstone and then a heart right next to the circle. And then up towards the north, there are what appears to be a massive cliff, and that's circled. He says, I am unfamiliar what, if there's a spell that requires the components of glass, or if there's some sort of decoration he was doing, but I, I will keep this glass. And he starts to slowly pick it up and place it back into the bag. Did he take this glass from you? Some of it. I I mean, not all of it. He, the human smashed a few bottles and then he picked it up, put it in the bag. I feel a sense of loss, even though this dwarf was clearly a mm, asshole, but he clearly has worked hard 
for such a thing of beauty. And uh, like, now this guy is, is remembering just the the beauty of, of the glass that kind of overwhelmed him earlier. Oh, if you'd like, you may keep the bag. I, I, I will just keep a few shards for myself, one of each color, and see, do my research with that. But if you'd like, you may keep the bag. No, no, that's okay. I don't need it. I just feel, I feel for our dwarf friend, for his loss of the bag. Hmm. And there's kind of like a introspection, like, like there's just this weird kind of cognitive dissonance of like, like a loss of beauty, um, but knowing that the person who lost this beauty is this this dwarf who's clearly a jerk to everyone. I like it. <laughs> Okay, so all of you, he, Rolla, collects the glass. He looks up at you and says, It would seem that you all have uh, a map now. Are you going to hit the road? Or, and he looks towards the sky and he says, You have quite a bit of the day left. I gotta go after that dwarf. I do believe he said he would meet you in the forest, did he not? Looks like that's where we're headed. Oh, yeah. Yes, and it would be good to get into the forest before all these other questers beat us to it. I suppose I do already have my tools. Do we need anything else before heading off into the woods? How about some bread? And he goes and he motions you back into the inn. Um, and he gives each one of you a loaf of bread, lovingly wrapped in um, some a large leaf, which he does say is edible. And uh, if you all want to add that to your inventory, it's going to essentially just be a potion um, when you eat this bread, it will take one action, but it will heal you 1d8. Oh. Noise. Um, I, um, I hand over, I don't know, four copper coins, um, the four that, that he gave us earlier, um, and I say, thank you. And he looks at the copper coins and says, he picks them up and says, Nilla Sky, have you ever been pickpocketed before? Dang. <laughs> uh, not to my knowledge. And he sort of uh, waves his hands and the, the coins disappear. And he sort of puts his other hand in the air to sort of get your attention. And then he says, why don't you check your pocket? I check my pocket. The four coins are back there. He says, what? Now you know what it feels like. The... <laughs> there are going to be many people that are going to try to take advantage of your innocence. But do not let that. What is this sorcery? <laughs> he sort of laughs and says, I did used to be the uh, greatest wizard in this part, but um, my time has long since passed. Anyway. Uh, I think there's a sense of wonder and, and, and awe in, in what just happened, because it, it didn't feel like magic. Like, it, there's, there's like, there's like human earth magic, and then there's D&D &D magic, and this was not D&D &D <laughs> magic, and there's like... Nellis guy would never have seen human earth magic before. Yeah, he's not necessarily a connoisseur of David Blaine or anything like that. <laughs> I have Chris Angel posters in my forest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you all head towards the forest then? Yes. Do we need to decide like which entrance before we get there, or is that something we could figure out? Um, you are more than welcome to have that conversation while you're going. Either way, you're going to go the same path to head towards the forest okay and you find yourself on your merry way 
you have passed. As you exit the city, you notice a few tents put up. You see there are a few <laughs> centaurs running in the field. You see some fairies sort of circling around them. Um, and actually, Oswald, as you look over, you actually recognize them. They are merchants that come from the forests of Broad. And it would seem as if they've been sort of ostracized from their own home. Um they are running off into the distance. There's definitely no way that you all would catch up on foot, but you just recognize that these are people that, not necessarily that you know, but you've seen before. Well, I think we should definitely take a different way in from what the normal path has been. I have to agree with Walker. I have heard too many stories of people in the town getting stuck through the regular path, and I don't want to be one of them. Very good. And what, what were the other options again? There is, uh, at the very north end of the forest, there is an ent- a circled entrance, but it seems as if there's a very steep cliff. And then the east of the forest, there is an entrance that has been circled, but there's a tombstone and a heart right next to it. What do you think, uh, tour guide? You know these parts the best. Is the cliff, like, leading, like, the entrance is below the cliff, or we have to scale the cliff, or... What's the cliff vibe? You would start at the top of the cliff and have to climb your way down. Right. Bold of you to assume I ever leave the town central, but um, uh, personally, I'm not much of a mountain climber, so I'd say we should go to the entrance. And he points to the one with the little tombstone. What does the tombstone represent? Maybe it's in a graveyard or something. I want to try to find an animal because i have speak with animals and i want to try to ask the animal like whoever i can find about this entrances and if they if they like a bird or something that maybe would have flown above it okay um you don't see any as you're walking um it is a very long path to there though so there's a chance that you'll find some i'd say you've been walking for about an hour maybe two hours now and the forest the peaks of the trees are sort of in the distance you're quite still quite a bit of ways away but out towards the east why don't you all roll a perception check nope <laughs> i'm walking with my eyes closed uh, you got 18 <laughs> that one <laughs> uh 17 i got uh 13 <laughs> waka maybe it's just because you're laughing too loud or your your steps are too loud, but you don't hear what the others hear. They hear a cry for help off the main road. You're, you're not sure where it's coming from, but you know it's off towards the east. And you can just hear, help, help. What was that? Let's, let's go. Let's go check out where that was coming from. Quick. And uh, now this guy kind of walks towards it. Can we tell where it's coming? You said we can tell where it's coming from? It's coming from the east. Um, as you walk towards uh, the sound, you can see that there is a large bramble, a lot of brush, and it seems as if the person is calling from the other side. Hello? Who? Where are you? Help! Come on! What are you... And you hear... And you hear these, these growls, and you just hear this guy yell, yelling out for help. I'm going to try to like go around the perimeter if i can like i don't want to go straight to it i'd rather stick to the trees and stuff and try to get around see if i could see anything 
As you peer inward, um, you see the source of the voice, but you also see a, f a wolf. And this wolf is growling at him as he's sort of... It looks like he doesn't have any weapon or anything, and he's just sort of crying out for help. Um, roll an investigation check. Is this just Perrin? Uh, any of you. Well, that's a big old six. Okay. I got eight. <laughs> nice. Okay. No time for investigation. Go. I got 16. <laughs> I'm just like, everything seems fine. <laughs> Oswald always has been the one to sort of step back. So Oswald notices that it looks a lot darker in there than it does out here. It, it almost looks like it's nighttime or it's an extremely cloudy day in there where the sun is beating down on you out here. Uh, how far away is this this wolf? Um, You are about 20 feet away from the action. The wolf, I'd say, is about 30 feet away. Uh, I, I think, I mean, it, it looks, at least on the surface, it looks like there's this wolf that's about to eat this person, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oswald, with that high of a roll, you would know you saw there's another wolf. Oh, there's two wolves. Is one of them attacking seen... the other one? No, you have seen two wolves, um, sort of surround this person. I have plus five animal handling. Should I try to... <laughs> grab it maybe it's a bad idea that's fun <laughs> they're just big dogs so cute <laughs> would i would i know that parents can speak to animals did he like say that yeah, to I, think... us? I, don't, I don't think that comes up in normal conversation okay <laughs> hey guys because <laughs> i would like i, I would like, tell him to do that but if he doesn't know i'm not gonna say that I guess, could I just, I don't know, I'll just tell them that I see two wolves and a person. So, uh, it looks like there's two wolves surrounding this this man. I, I don't know if it's in our best interest to interact. Do I see the second wolf after she mentions it? Or I, from my vantage point, I just see the one. Roll a perception check. Oh god, there's five wolves! <laughs> <laughs> nice. That is 21. There aren't five wolves, but there are three. <laughs> no! <laughs> and they are circling around him. And they are getting closer and closer with every moment of hesitation. Uh, I I think Nelisky, um will will cast Eldritch Blast on the closest wolf. I will say your view is pretty obstru uh, obstructed because there is a significant amount of brush in between you That's and... That's right, and I'm a mushroom. Um, okay, so then I run around <laughs> and... Um, so I run around to try to get a better view, and as I do, I pick up a couple of stones off the ground, if there are any, um, just to prepare for I, I think I would run out, because I, I wouldn't, from my background, I wouldn't see them as uh, necessarily a threat. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I would probably try to run out and try to talk to one of them and see what's going on. Okay, so I'm assuming you all follow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm i going around to try to get a point of vantage to attack. Uh, yeah, It's just wolves doing their thing, guys. <laughs> Those wolves being wolves. Wolves be wolven. Perrin, Oswald, and Waka. You walk through, 
and you see the three wolves and one of them turns at you and just is absolutely foaming at the mouth and as you cast speak with animals i'm you you did correct yeah 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 it you haven't broken through the clearing you're sort of still walking as you connect in its mind why don't you say what you say to it first i would say you know i'm a friend uh and what is going on with the three of you hunting this man you have absolutely talked with wolves before this is you're no stranger to their nuances the way that they speak but this is entirely different it's you hear this voice and it says kill eat meat eat 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 hunt hunt stopped kill must eat eat meat it's this obsessive voice and it's it's not something that you're familiar with this is this is not something that you're used to I don't really have anything else that I can <laughs> try to save this wolf. So do I get the sense that it's uh, directed at me? Like it's going to try to hunt, eat me or just it's this just, person? Just this one track thought. That's all the thoughts that you're hearing is hunt, over, kill, eat, meat, devour, eat, eat. I don't want to harm the wolf, but I feel like... If I can't connect and it's me or him, uh, it's going to be him. So uh, I'll try. I'll like tentatively take like another step to try to. Um, I can't do anything. Um, and it, that's all it's saying. There's no other response. It's not like it's just the one track. Yeah, it's there's it's uh, not like responding to you as all or even acknowledging that you're talking to it. Well, I, I definitely tell whoever's behind me, like, there's something not right with these wolves. Nelliskai, you circle around, and from your vantage point, you can see the entire battlefield. You see these three wolves. You see the person in the middle. And then you see something familiar. You see a bispore, a hulking bispore, bigger than you've ever seen this Amelia that has a very smooth face, almost featureless, this monochromatic gray Amelia that's sort of just standing there, featureless in its face except for its big eyes. And it's just sort of swinging its arms, looking from wolf to wolf. Where is where is it with respect to the wolf? With the wolves? It is in the middle of the circle. So it's like also in danger of Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, Nelskai was on the way to attack the wolves, um, and I think, well, has has. I know you said that the 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 bigger bispores, those are, the Amelia are um, rare, right? They are older. Older for okay. certain. For certain, yeah. Okay, but like, it's not. I'm not like, oh wow, one of these bispores that i've maybe only seen like one of it's like just you certainly wouldn't see have seen a lot of them and this is your first one ever it's first time ever seeing a monochromatic bispore it is oh, completely okay. gray um okay uh well i was gonna see if i could do like a nature check on that but i'm not sure that now's the time so um yeah i think i think i would just 
attack a wolf, um, the closest wolf with um, an Eldritch Blast makes sense to me. Actually, uh, are there stones around? Like, is it? I was looking for some yeah, stones you, on the way. Yeah, you would have picked some up. Let's go get okay, stoned. Cool. Uh, well, then I will. Yeah, I'll cast Eldritch Blast if I can do that out of combat at this time. If you cast Eldritch Blast, it's going to immediately start combat. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> no, out of that combat. Okay, cool. Okay. Well, then I'll start, or then I'll uh, cast Eldritch Blast. Everyone roll for initiative. Uh, Nella Sky will be top of the order. Are you, which one of the three? Let me explain sort of the scene. You are on the northern side. You're looking towards... It's about a 60-foot clearing with the three wolves surrounding the two members who are the more humanoid person looking rather startled. The bispor is just idly swinging its arms. To the east, you can see the rest of your party sort of emerging. They're going to be about 10 feet away from a wolf. You are about 20 feet away. Wonderful. So, uh, Nella Sky, start us off. All right, I'll go ahead and uh, uh, pull out my magic spore conduit thing, um, which is, is um, sort of my arcane focus, um, and we'll spin it around in a in a circle and cast uh, Eldritch Blast at the uh, the wolf closest to us. Um, and yeah, while I do that, I also uh, well. So, real, real quick pause. Um, Biospores can communicate to one another telepathically. Mm-hmm. Um, how close do they have to be to do that? It is most effective by touch. You okay. can uh, further away, but it's just not as effective. Okay. Um, well, I, I'll, as I'm casting the spell, I'm, I'm also reaching out to the other Biospore and saying, Sibling, are you all right? Okay, uh, and that's a one. Uh, so <laughs> it's a one plus uh, plus plus five, so it's a six, but it's a net one. So you fire off this eldritch blast, and it flies through the air. And in fact, it singes the fur of the wolf. It darts past, and instead of dissipating into the air as sometimes your spells do when they miss it continues forward it flies forward in fact and strikes the man the man in the black armor who screams out and holds out his side and looks over and says that is some sort of help there friend (laughs) and you see this sort of armored gauntlet hand in his left arm pull out this blast and you see he's holding it in this gauntlet and then he looks very confused and looks over at the bispore and the bispore reaches over lays his hand on this magic and it dissipates (laughs) next in the turn order is um oh it is also i will point out uh, despite you reaching out Nothing happened. Next in the turn order is this man, and you get a better look at him. You can tell that he's a half-elf. He's wearing this 
strange black armor like that anything that you've never like nothing that you've ever seen with these horns on the shoulder blades and his left arm is completely covered with this massive gauntlet and his right arm is cut off the sleeve completely exposing his the entirety of his arm he looks over and he has this extremely long uh, straight blonde hair with these streaks of auburn falling below his shoulders and he looks back and says are there any more friends that i should know about before um going and backhanding one of the wolves with his gauntlet <laughs> and maybe it's just that he has this adrenaline running through him now that he has this sort of new wound but he slaps the crap out of this thing and it goes flying <laughs> It goes flying and actually lands right at Perrin's feet. And it looks very bad. And the man looks down at his arm before looking back up, looking at his hands, almost shocked at the display of power. Oswald, you are next. Um, where am I in reference to like the other two wolves? And... You are behind Perrin. You all are just about to break out of the tree line. Um, you can go past him, though. There is a wolf right in front of Perrin. If you passed by it, it will try to attack you, but you can make a bit more space. I don't want to hit the wolf that's already down, but I also don't want to get bitten. Hmm. What if I, like, do a 180 and... Well, never mind. I'm not going to heal that wolf. <laughs> it might just hurt us again. Uh, I guess I'll go try to, like, break through the line of trees and um, maybe kind of like hold the wolf back with my quarterstaff because I don't think Oswald's really one to hit a dog. Okay. But if he has to, he will. We'll just say that you prepare an action then. Okay. Um, uh, next in the turn order is that wolf on the ground. Oh no. And this wolf does not actually share that sort of sentiment and looks over at uh, Perrin and tries to bite at your ankles uh what's that armor class 13 Ooh, that is going to hit um let's roll here um i don't want to hurt you but <laughs> uh he goes and just looks at you with a snarl and <laughs> just starts biting at your leg tearing at it and you take uh six points of damage six Ow. points okay you're definitely going down <laughs> Dang. yeah Dang. all right survival of the fittest <laughs> uh next in the turn order is the other wolf that goes to attack the bispore um and it is successful it goes on its hind legs before jumping up and latching its uh teeth in the back of the bispore's shoulder now it's just sort of hanging on the bispore as the other wolf goes and looks towards you, Nella Scott, and runs towards you um, and attempts to bite at you, but you are just too quick and you find yourself jumping backwards. Uh, Perrin. Yeah, we're going to take uh, a whack at this uh, at this wolf using my scimitar. Yeah. Why don't you... Uh... Why don't you roll for attack there? That is a nine um i don't think that hurts you <laughs> maybe it's the soft spot in your heart no, i'm just kidding no uh you actually go 
and you try to swipe down, but it's this aggressive thing just still is latched onto your leg and yeah. is sort of writhing about as you're moving, so you don't have a clear shot. Um, Waka, you are next. I'm going to uh, move up next to Perrin and uh, see if I can hit this wolf and uh, save Perrin's leg. Get, get it off me. Great. Uh, roll for attack. <laughs> we're, we're just a very able party. <laughs> really cutting our teeth. To... That is a uh, total of seven. <laughs> <laughs> you just like Perrin are having the same issue. This <laughs> This wolf is just writhing about, and mm. it's getting deeper and deeper into Perrin's leg. That being said, Oswald, you do still have an auction readied if you'd like to cast something, attack something. No, that's not good. Can I just what? whack the wolf in the in the face a bunch with my quarterstaff, try to get it off of his leg? Yeah, why don't you roll an attack then? Okay. Oh, I got 18. And you don't need to roll for damage. Um, okay. Because one solid whack against this thing's head and it <laughs> clumps down onto the ground. There we go. Now the sky. There is a wolf almost literally on top of you. And it is your turn. Great. Um, very great. I will... Um, I'll cast the cantrip magic stones on these stones that I picked up. Uh, which is a bonus action, um, and it allows me to uh, throw these stones with some additional damage and um, skill, but I'm not going to throw them right now, um, but th that is queued up and available. Um, and anyone else can, can use those stones as well if I wanted to like give them to a friend or something. But uh, yeah, I will cast Eldritch Blast again. Um, on this wolf in front of me, uh, and um, yeah, here we go. Okay, that's better. That's a total of twenty-two. That is, you know what? I think that hits. Okay, great. Then I get to roll a d10 and do one d10 force damage against this wolf. Ooh. Eight. You. As this magic crackles through the air, it has a very different effect on this wolf versus the man. The moment that this blast of magic strikes against it, it explodes into just a plethora of magic splinters before bombarding its way back into the wolf's. Like a thousand different acupuncture needles slamming its way into it. And the wolf sort of rears back. Very very startled um the man is actually looking over at his bispore friend and goes and slams his gauntlet back on the head of the wolf um unfortunately he misses um and that other wolf goes and he tries to keep latching on but he actually falls off as the bispore is moving about and speaking of the bispore the Biospore does not have any emotion on its face. It is very just dull. You can't tell if it's angry. You can't tell if it's happy. But 
you can tell that it is absolutely devastating as it brings down a mighty arm and slams into the back of the head of the uh, the wolf. And the wolf does not look that good. Next in the turn order is Oswald. Um, could I cast Cure Wounds on Perrin? That might be a good lovely. idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that that uh, six damage is a little, little rough. This effect has uh, this has no effect on undead. So, uh, Perrin, if you are undead, you do have to heal us now. <laughs> Not yet. But... <laughs> okay, I rolled a seven. That's um, gonna heal him up full. Awesome. Uh, next in the turn order is going to be <laughs> the other wolf that uh, goes and tries to no. attack Nella Sky, but it is shaken up, and you can tell it's. It's not looking pretty as it tries to bite at you, but once again, Nola Sky, you are just so graceful in your dodge. Perrin, feeling revitalized, you are back in the turn order. So there's one wolf that's in the middle with the with the guy in the black, right? Uh, so that's the closer wolf? Yep. Okay. And how far away is that from me? Uh, Ten feet. Okay, so I'm going to go attack it. Uh, I feel really bad about this, but hey, I tried. Okay, that should hit. Yeah, that's the 24. So you swipe down at it with your scimitar, and this is the one that you had been communicating with, and you can still sort of hear it in the back of your mind. Kill, eat, kill, hunt, kill. <laughs> but as you slice uh, down, no. just for a moment, you hear something familiar, just like a familiar voice something that a wolf would usually sound like and it says peace and then it perishes I, I say go in peace brother Waka you are next in the turn order and there's just one wolf attacking Nellis guy I am going to charge after that wolf and uh, see if I can't uh, help him out with that and uh, I will also attack that is a 14. That hits. Roll for damage. All right. Uh, all right. And trying to think the damage uh, would also be plus dexterity since uh, a spear is a monk weapon and they can use dex for that. Am I correct? Or Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that is going to be six total. That's certainly going to do it. As you strike down this wolf. Um, if, if I can, rather than stabbing it with the pointy bit of the spear, um, I'm going to use the, the blunt part and, uh, just see if I can knock it unconscious. That's totally fine. And you do, you hear this little whimper as you slam it down and it falls down to the ground. And now you all are out of combat. And the man goes, oh, oh, thank you. That was almost absolutely terrible. So, <laughs> I mean, can you believe that, Bicepore? In our time of trouble, a group of merry faces saved us. It would seem that my optimism paid off, didn't it? And it sort of brushes off the, like, wolf bite. <laughs> like, sort of just brushes off a bit of excess Bicepore that sort of came off since Bicepores don't bleed. And he's just like, Ugh. he says, 
It's a pleasure to meet all of you. Thank you for coming to my aid, or our aid. I am very, very sorry for my errant strike uh, at you. Please, take no offense. I am learning. I hope it did not hurt you too much. Oh, that thing? And he sort of looks down and laughs and says, <laughs> I will admit, it did hurt. You could, you pack a mighty punch, but um, I, I'm sure I'll be all right. And he sort of holds his hand out towards the uh, biospore that puts the hand on top of him, and you can see that wound sort of healing up. Uh, something that you all notice is this cloud. The reason that now you all are in it, you can see that it's so much darker surrounding this man. He has this cloud that surrounds him around five feet above his head that also surrounds the biospore. And he looks over at all of you and says, <laughs> Oh, but where are my manners? My name is Willem Anther Third. A pleasure to meet you. And as for my friend here, uh, the Biospore doesn't seem to be very talkative, so I simply call them Biospore. Um, everyone roll a history check for me. Famous guy. Actually, everyone but Perrin. <laughs> 16. Perfect. 15. All of you but Perrin would know this name, but Oswald, you were very familiar with this name. Willem and Thayer was he's sort of the elf boogeyman this is the name of an elf who lived long ago and who killed an entire village slaughtered them without regard every single person in the village and just in grotesque ways just tearing them open blood scattered about and then he went, just with all of this power, he went to go and usurp the throne to kill the queen. But unfortunately, well, unfortunately for him, he was not successful. And he was thought to be unkillable. He was told as this sort of, this scary story at night that he was this unkillable force and that he was so powerful that instead of being killed, he had to be sealed away with a magic spell, never to return. So the three of you are very familiar with this name, as this would be information that Waka would have, learning about some customs and some some things of the, the surface dwellers. And this would be something that uh, Nella Sky would have heard through other biospores. This is something, that, this is a name that is most certainly known. And how long ago was it that he did those murders and was sealed away? Year 97. Uh, it is now, I believe it's 505 or 550. Yeah, five, uh, 507, 505. Something like that. Oh, wow. It is 505. And he stands before you with, with this big grin on his face. He says, who might you all be? Uh, is Was the Willem Anther of legend also the third? No. Oh, okay. It's simply Willem Anther. Yeah, Perrin is, doesn't care about any of this. He's just, like, trying to take the wolf and, like do whatever berry custom he would normally do. So he's not even like listening to this conversation. Okay. Uh, one of the two, uh, one of the three wolves is alive. It's unconscious. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. <laughs> 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 shh, 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 shh. I'm not dead yet. I got better. <laughs> no, no, no. You'll be right out soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> Go with your brethren. You're fine. You're um, fine. <laughs> I don't suppose any relation there, H.M. Uh, any relate? Oh, 
Yes, there is relation. Uh, my grandfather is, at least that's who I'm assuming you're talking about. I don't think there are any other Willamanthers around. Well, uh, what brings you to these parts? Well, let's just say that the name Willamanther does not exactly inspire the courage and goodness that I would hope for. Instead, it is very much a fearful thing. So what a better way to liberate the name than by earning merit and taking the throne to sort of undo the sins of my past. Or, <laughs> I'm sorry, my family name. The rest of you, I, I'm, I don't believe I've ever seen any of your type, Salik. This is a treat for sure. Can I do like a deception check and see if it seems like his words are matching up or... Uh, an insight check. Insight, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see what that's going to be. Okay. Uh, ten total. He He's being honest with you about never seeing, seeing a Salic before. Um, as for his intentions, they aren't abundantly clear. Uh, you did just save him from a bunch of wolves, however. So he is certainly thankful to the lot of you. Um, I think Nellis guy is less, doesn't really, isn't engaging much with him. But at this point, he does reach out and touch the uh, other bispore. Um, and I don't, I don't really know what that looks like, you know, or what, what that experience is like for both of us. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think that like, there's a definite like intimacy and but but like we're mushrooms we don't have you know sex organs or anything and there's not like there's nothing sensual or anything about any sort of touch and i think that there's like it's just like bispor a part a part of bispor culture is just like you can always reach out and touch another bispor like in in commune in that way and like that's always acceptable um but I don't know, that, that was just an idea that I had. Do you think that that makes sense in, in your lore? or? Absolutely. That, in fact, as you reach out, um, it almost as if these like small little roots appear out your fingers and some appear on the arm as you're about to touch their arm and they sort of intertwine and you connect. And you're sort of waiting for an answer, waiting for some sort of communication but you hear nothing from their end and that that's i assume very foreign yes usually uh whoever if you connect with someone usually they respond immediately to sort of greet you and do i does nellis guy have any insider knowledge as to you know what can go wrong in biospores or you know why this is a monochromatic biospore who isn't communicative i do not think that you have ever encountered anything like this before Okay. I think that this is this is not a danger that the the host has warned you about. Okay. Um yeah, I mean I, I sort of similarly to how Perrin was talking to the wolves, um I'm just kind of like hello, like what are you okay? Is everything all right? Um you know, just kind of sending out signals of like concern and um friendship and um uh, questioning. One moment. Okay, so you probably are connected for about a minute, a minute and a half, 
and you not hearing anything. And then about a minute and a half in, you hear... You just sort of hear this, like, this jarbled whisper before you hear almost, for lack of a better term, it's like a radio wave static, and then you hear a voice. But you don't hear... You hear a familiar voice in the fact that you hear Willem's voice saying, uh, by Spore? But it's not in in real life. It's in this connection. You can hear Willem saying, by Spore? And that's when Willem... Was Willem talking at that point as well or no? Will... Willem is saying something completely different to the party. He's continuing to have this conversation, but you hear his voice saying Bicepore, but he did not say that in real life. And do I get the sense that that Bicepore is directed at Nelliskai or at the other Bicepore? The other one. And in fact, as this happens, you see Willem turn and say, oh, um, they aren't very one much one for touch. So sort of reaches his hand out and puts it gently on yours, sort of to signify like, no more like none of that uh i i don't i I keep my hand there and and actually like this is this is like a this is a vice for thing like and there's a sense of like anger at like who are you half elf to come between like our customs um and so i even like kind of push his hand away and and, like kind of posture and defensively uh, and say what is wrong with Bicepore? And he reaches out his bare arm with his hand facing upwards. And you can see all across his forearm, he has scars. And he once again places it gently, not on top of your hand, but now below it and says, Bicepore isn't very talkative. Bicepore What's best for Bicepore is maybe not communication at the moment. Um, can I do an inside check into his uh, disposition towards Bicepore? For sure. Um, okay. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, six. He seems very protective, but he, the, the smile on his face that he's giving you is very fake and you can actually hear once again you see bye spore bye spore just like this voice in in bye spore's head and then the bye spore looks over at you and sort of starts to try to move its arm to sort of pull away yeah i i I let go um yeah and, and definitely i'm confused because there's like it's it's always like a two-way thing like it's always there's like there's always a sense of like okay we are we're connected and now we are not we're we're going to disconnect at this this point like we both want to stop touching at this point there's no like it, it's just it's it's just a weird thing for one for one by sport to like pull away um while kind of in the middle of a conversation um, of this weird, this touch conversation. Um, so definitely taken aback, but also, uh, influenced by my poor insight role. Um, and so not really sure what to make of, of this, of of everything. Um, so I do pull away. You see, they're just not, (laughs) 
They just really don't like to communicate with other bias spores. I'm not sure why. Um, in fact, I haven't communicated with bias spore much other than them nodding or shaking their head. When was the last time this bias spore communed with the host? Oh, it was uh, just six months ago. Um, no, this guy is quiet and contemplative. Willem sort of clicks his tongue and says, Um, so, all of you, I, <laughs> I hate to ask, but, um, would you all happen to know of a better entryway into the forest? I tried the initial way and, um, actually got chased by these wolves, you see. Um, into this thicket, into this edge of other woods. So, would you all happen to know another entrance? I don't think we should trust this guy with a map. I don't know if anyone else is getting that vibe. Uh, definitely, definitely. yes. <laughs> I don't know how to get him to, like... Actually, you know what? What if I tell him to go to the cliff? Yeah, that would work. It's the opposite of where we're going, but it's still information. I mean, we just had to protect him from three wolves, so, like, he's not a huge competition, you know? Who has the map? Do I have the map? I believe or you. Do. I mean, you are the yeah. You are the butter and egg man, <laughs> with pockets. We don't really have to show him the map. But what direction was the cliff? Well, why don't I? Well, um, there is an entrance to the north that we haven't tried yet. We aren't really heading there ourselves yet, but feel free. You're not heading there yourselves. Not yet. We will eventually. We're just taking our time getting used to the area. You see, they're new here, and I'm just showing them around. Oh, so they're new here, but you're not. Uh, and they need to get used to the area? If you're already used to the area, I don't see why you wouldn't be jumping at the bit. Because, uh, you see, if, if, if I solve this issue first, then there will be no merit for you. Uh, to me, it would seem that perhaps we should join forces. You see, I'm more of a tour guide more than anything else, so unfortunately I don't think I would be much use to your party. Oh, so you're not the butter and egg man? <laughs> Weird. Now let's see, who who do I need to talk to to make this happen? I, you know, with a bit of a tarnished family name, I do still, my name does still hold a, quite a bit of power, so I'm sure that I'd be able to aid you in your quest. Can I roll an insight check to see why he wants to join us so bad? For sure, for sure. I got a 19! He wants something from all of you. He wasn't content with the answer that you gave him. Um... Either, he wasn't content with either answer, the answer of where to go and also why you weren't going there. Is there any way that you could give me, maybe, draw me a map? Or, you know, I have a perfect memory. I never forget a face and I never forget a map. So maybe if you had one, you could show me? I want to use my silent speech to, and I can only use it like individually. So I'm going to ask each of my party one at a time, like, tap once or twice like tap once for yes or twice for no whether or not they want him to like join us or whether we want to help him so right. once for yes once for no and then i kind of go down the list um to see where everyone's at i'm double tapping tap tap tapping twice uh i'm fairly blunt with things <laughs> uh so i i just kind of approach and say you know we can't help you i think it'd be best to be on our way oh but 
you already have helped me. I, I feel as if I, I have a debt and I'd love to repay it by assisting you. Um, oh, I believe Bispor, you owe them as well. Bispor, I know that it's very difficult for you, but maybe, maybe you could try uh, bonding with this other Bispor again. And you see Bispor uh, raises their arm. The sort of offers it out to Nelliskai. Uh, I take it. And um, roll a wisdom saving throw. Yes. <laughs> okay, a nine. Okay. Um, you feel like, like oftentimes. So every time that you do this, it's it's a communion. It's this wonderful experience but now it feels like something is attacking your mind and you hear the voice of willem say okay where is it where is it and you feel prodding in your in your mind until you you hear oh perfect uh, a little fuzzy but i think that will do and then the uh the bispore rips its arm back and still emotionless and willem goes oh <laughs> Thank you all so much. You all have been very helpful. I, I think I'll be on my way now. Oh, no. Um, I'm like... <laughs> I'm I'm considering just, like, attacking this guy. Like, there's, there's something completely wrong with this guy, and I'm not... Like, I don't know how... I, I honestly, I feel like Nelliskai's disposition would lead him to attack um but i don't want to just attack <laughs> but maybe i should yeah i i think this is there's like there's this is an abomination and there's like something tragically wrong um and i ah uh, man i i just like pull away for the bicepore pulls away and in, in like just anger and um, indignation, I pull out my my spore and I I'm casting Eldritch Blast uh, at this guy. At, at him, not the bicepore. Not the bicepore. No. Uh, okay. At the um, Willem. At Willem. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, roll roll to attack real quick. <laughs> <laughs> good thing you hit him once already good thing I, yeah, total of 11 so once again this eldritch blast blasts forward slams forward and <laughs> hits into his armor but this time he just simply looks over and grins the magic still is in this splinter and he pulls it out and says <laughs> You know, it didn't hurt the first time, then why would it hurt the second? And smashes it into his gauntlet. And you just hear, Aah! as wolves pour from Get the em. forest. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six wolves surround. And Wilma's face turns to a scowl as he steps forward, the cloud around him expanding blotting out the sun in a massive arc, covering the wolves in darkness. His left arm began to shake as the scent of crackling fire met your noses. And looking down at the ground, the grass is burning in a very calculated pattern. 
a glowing golden flame forming glyphs beneath your feet. Sparks fly from Willem's eyes as his mouth parts, his jagged teeth bare as he inhales. As the glyphs begin to spin, the clouds above begin to shake as the elf raises his arm. Sendaga. And for a moment, the world freezes. When faced with unimaginable power, the brain has a tendency to stop, locked in fear at the show of strength. The moment between his thunderous roar and what happened next felt like an eternity, when in reality, it occurred in a blink of an eye. Magical energy harnessed by the sweeping glyphs on the ground catapulted itself in the air, striking against the clouds, bouncing about like a possessed kite. But the energy began to swirl and collect above the form of the wolves, marking their prey before six concentrated bolts of lightning sped downward, charring the wolves to nothing more than ash that dispersed as the lightning continued downward, striking the ground and dispelling the glyphs, clearing the skies and leaving the four of you amidst charred earth. Willem turned, baring his terrifyingly sharp teeth in a grin before stepping forward. I apologize for the deception, but you had something I needed. Allow me to be upfront with you. My name is Willem and Theron. I am not the third, but the only. I am the one who nearly killed Queen Label. I am the one who slaughtered the villager Taimo, and I am unkillable. Now you have nearly completed serving your purpose after that spell. I am unbelievably drained. I will dine on your blood, and then my bispore will harvest the rest of you. Taking his jagged teeth against the skin of his right arm, he cuts it open, black ichor pouring from his wounds to form a sharp chrysalis encompassing the entirety of his arm. Sit this out, bispore. It's more fun that way. Thank you.